Today, Trump is hit with brand new charges in the classified documents case against him. Leftist parents flee Florida because of their new laws against child mutilation. And Nancy Mace makes quite the interesting comment at a prayer breakfast in South Carolina. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, and today President Donald Trump is facing brand new charges in the federal classified documents case brought against him by special counsel Jack Smith. The new charges include allegations that Trump ordered his IT director to destroy surveillance footage at Mar-a-Lago after the DOJ had already issued a subpoena for the footage. They also include allegations that Trump showed a book publisher and writer during a July 2021 meeting, which prosecutors described in court filings as a presentation concern concerning military activity in a foreign country. And of course, the others involved in the meeting didn't have security clearance to view the documents that were labeled as top secret. Now, you may recall the leaked audio CNN obtained nearly two months ago documenting this moment and how Donald Trump, so sinister, so evil, had such ill intentions to sell our country out. Take a listen. These are bad, sick people. That, but, was, that was your coup, you know? against you. That's well, it started right at the like beginning. Like when Millie's talking about, oh, you were going to try to do a kid. No, they, they were All trying right. to do that before you even were sworn in. That's right. Trying Millie. to overthrow yeah. your election. Well, with Millie, uh, let me see that. I'll, I'll show you an example. He said that I wanted to attack Iran. Isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look. This was him. They presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him. Wow. We looked at some. This was him. This wasn't done by me. This was him. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. It's pages long. Look. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let's see here. <laughs> yeah. I just found, isn't that amazing? This totally wins my case, you know. Mm-hmm. Except it is like highly confidential yeah. <laughs> secret. This is secret information. Look, look at this. You attack, and Hillary would print that out all the time. You know, <laughs> send it, you know she'd send it to yeah. Anthony Weiner, yeah. yeah. the pervert. Um, by the way, isn't that incredible? Though? Yeah. I was just saying because we were talking about it, and you know he said he wanted to attack Iran and what. These are the papers. This was done by the military, given to me. Uh, I think we can probably. Wow. Defending himself against false accusations. What a criminal mastermind. The Trump campaign has responded to the additional charges, saying this is nothing more than a continued desperate and flailing attempt by the Biden crime family and their Department of Justice to harass President Trump and those around him. Deranged Jack Smith knows that they have no case and is casting about for any way to salvage their illegal witch hunt and to get someone other than Donald Trump to run against crooked Joe Biden. Here to discuss this and more, we have John Doyle, Blaze TV contributor and host of Heck Off Commie, along with Alex Stein, host of Primetime with Alex Stein. And it's been a while since you've been on. I know we say that. It's like a once a month uh, deal It's come on. So it actually is, is, not. I wish that you hadn't have come on since I saw what you did yesterday. No, let's not talk about yesterday. Do not go watch my other show. If Glenn's watching this, Glenn, do not watch my show. Um, let's move on to the next topic. Okay. John, 
you are President Trump's uh, most top loyal. Guy. Yes, yep. top yep. guy, John Doyle. <laughs> um, look, I, I, w- I want to I make one thing clear as we have this conversation. I want to call something um, as realistic as possible while not saying I agree with it, right? So for me, the surveillance footage being deleted or him instructing his employees to delete security footage, surveillance footage that clearly the DOJ had already subpoenaed, that's not good. Like, I don't know how he gets out of that is my point. And again, I think the whole thing is a witch hunt. I think it's BS that they're even doing any of this, um, especially when you go back and you listen to, I know we, we played it before on the show when the audio initially dropped, but you go back and you listen to that audio and you hear the point that he was trying to make. He wasn't like discussing, you know, all of these military secrets. He was saying, yeah, he blamed it on me. He said I was the one who did it. He was the one who did it. I have the documents right here. Here they are. So clearly he's not like trying to, to sell our country's secrets out. He's planning on, you know, overthrowing the government or whatever. And so you hear what he's saying but how does he get out of it when he did something like delete surveillance footage? Oh, I don't know. I mean, he's Trump, right? He'll he'll find a way. He'll figure something out. His supporters are very loyal, myself included. Um, if, if not for this, it probably would have been something else. I mean, eventually, if they go after this guy for years on end, allocate so many different legal entities and apparatuses to target him, eventually they were going to get him for something. So if, like, you know, the average news watcher hears, oh, we finally got Trump, he's going to prison, they'll assume it's because of one of these big scandals instead of just, like, some, you know, asterisk. Like, he deleted surveillance footage. But I personally don't have a problem with it because politics is a disgusting business and there's so much corruption. And Donald Trump deleting surveillance footage really doesn't have an impact on my day to day. But the people who are targeting him because he could stop what they are doing, which does have an effect on my day to day, that's really what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about the open border. I'm concerned about starting wars like was mentioned in the clip. You know, the story here is really like, why are, you know, why is our Department of Defense trying to entice President Trump to invading Iran? Like most people don't even know where that country is on a map, let alone what their interests are, how those car respond or go against ours. That's really the story here. So, yeah, like, quite honestly, I, I don't really care. Beyond how it impacts Trump, then I'm going to be like, this should But it is going to impact, but it's going to impact him. I'm and I think, we, I mean, we really need to have a conversation about that because, like it or not, agree with it or not, think it's bullshit or not, sorry, edit. Uh, like this is what it is. This is, this is. this is the case that has been presented against him. And I don't know how you explain away deleting surveillance footage. Well, and that's the thing is like, you really can't, which is why I reject the framing of the issue entirely. So like if I'm talking to somebody and they're just like, oh, but what do you think about him deleting? It's like the whole thing is a witch hunt. Therefore, anything they do in service of that witch hunt is more of the witch hunt. So like, yeah, but we can't have someone uh, campaigning for president in jail or, or being president and then going to jail. Donald Trump would probably campaign from a jail cell. Yeah, Joe I know, Exotic. Good for the country. No, I agree. I agree. Oh, good. Yeah, Joe Exotic, perfect example. Oh, yeah, that's I'm, I'm what voting we voting for, for in 2024. Great. Yeah, Joe Exotic could solve a lot of our problems. But no, let's be honest. <laughs> Donald Trump, anybody that's been investigated as much as he has, he has basically no chance. Like, they are going to do whatever it takes to make him ineligible to run for president. I think that's very obvious. And it is a witch hunt, and I think we need to call the hypocrisy police because we know that Joe Biden has done the same things with documents. We know that Hillary Clinton destroyed an email server that was unapproved, that, you know, was obviously subject to um, hackers, you know. So my point is, all of these politicians are doing illegal, corrupt things. Trump has a target on his back, and sadly, 
they're never going to let him be president again. It's very obvious. It's just so frustrating uh, that the DOJ puts all of their time and energy into mm -hmm. like trying to find every little tiny morsel against Trump that they can. Meanwhile, you look at the Biden crime family syndicate that is in charge of the country. And I mean, just the other day, uh, Hunter in federal court admitted to receiving $664,000 from the CCP-backed CEFC. Now, obviously, this completely contradicts Joe Biden's claim that he made in this uh, debate, the 2020 presidential debates with Donald Trump. He said that his son had never made money from China. Watch. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about, uh, what are you talking about, China. Okay, so we've got all of this growing mounds and mounds and mounds of evidence against Biden, against, um, you know, his son and their partnership in influence peddling. And yet I'm supposed to take any of the cases against Donald Trump seriously. Yeah, you are. And I mean, I actually am of the opinion, though, that they are going to hold Biden's feet to the fire. And I think that he will have to step down or I don't think he'll be able to finish his presidency because they definitely don't want him to run in 2024. And there's so much corruption going on that at this point, Hunter Biden getting his plea deal taken away. The cookie will crumble very soon, in my opinion. So but do you think I mean, does there's a possibility, maybe not because there's so much evidence to show Joe was in on it. But I mean, Hunter could try to be the fall guy. I don't think he, he will. He should, and his dad should just pardon him. That Literally, that if I was Hunter Biden, I would just say, hey, my dad's a president. I plead guilty to this. His dad needs to pardon him. And then just, you know, people get mad about it. But so what? I'm the president. You guys voted for me. 81 million people voted for me. Half of them were dead, but they voted for me. So I get to pardon my son. And the, Well, and the White House has already come out and said that they won't pardon him, which I find to be laughable. It's like, you guys have already d done so much for Hunter. What? Like, oh, really? You're letting him sell all these paintings I and would then be you're bringing that donor in to get this like prestigious White House pr position. But oh, oh, now you're concerned about a conflict of interest? Okay. If, if Joe Biden didn't pardon his son, then he is a bad dad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, him making him do illegal business deals in Ukraine and with China, no, that's not bad. But if he didn't pardon his son, then he is a bad dad, in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> the problem too is if he did that, because they control all of the opinion curating institutions, the like common opinion on like the left would just be like, everyone gets a second chance. <laughs> yes. He's just a victim. Yeah. He's struggling with addiction. <laughs> Joe Biden is a thoughtful. Meanwhile, I can only imagine like Hunter Biden just like weaving in and out of traffic in his Porsche, smoking yeah. crack. He's got like three hookers in the bag and his dad calls him. Oh yeah, I'm a victim. Oh yeah, no, I'm having a bad time, dad. Thanks. Just hangs up. Like this guy, I don't want to say he's living his best life, but uh, I don't think he's a victim certainly not a victim um go ahead well and his lawyer is just ripping the bong while the press is outside of his house i mean how loosey-goosey does this guy live his I lifestyle i not believe that i mean go hit the thing. bong in the backyard not in front you of should TMZ. have him on your show I would love to. Are you kidding? Okay, my <laughs> biological father, Tucker Carlson, is friends with Hunter Biden. And so I kind of... That is so weird. Well, and I, that's so cool. And I get... <laughs> it, that's what I'm saying. I give Tucker the benefit of the doubt. If anybody in politics would be fun to hang out with, it's Hunter Biden. Come on. He knows where the crack is. He knows where the prostitutes are. He knows where the Corvette is. Like, he knows all the stuff that you need to have a good time. So, yeah, Hunter Biden, 
for president. Why not? Why not have 120? Y'all's idea of a good time. Honestly, varies slightly from. Them. I've said this on this program before that Hunter Biden would actually be a more appealing president than most of what the GOP has to offer. On the one hand, we have confirmed evidence he's not gay. He has. That's very, true. Hey, you don't have that with a lot of our front runners. <laughs> um, okay, so I just when we're talking about just how disgusting uh, the deep state is and the Biden crime family, I wanna I wanna throw up this tweet from RFK. Jr., who uh, just recently said, since the assassination of my father in 1968, candidates for president are provided Secret Service protection, but not me. Typical turnaround time for pro forma protection requests from presidential candidates is 14 days. After 88 days of no response and after several follow-ups by our campaign, the Biden administration just denied our request. Secretary Mayorkas said, I have determined that the Secret Service protection for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is not warranted at this time. Our campaign's request included a 67-page report from the world's leading protection firm detailing unique and well-established security and safety risks aside from commonplace death threats. So that's there is no uh, depth to which the Biden administration will not go to try to, you know, squash their political opponent, it seems. I have something very insensitive that I have to say. I acknowledge that this would be terrible. However, in a very like macro historical sense, it would be interesting if he got assassinated. Just just like, you know, the Kennedy legacy, that's all, it's just, I've, obviously we don't want that to happen, we disavow, but like that that would be, like you would the see biggest, that. The biggest vaccine spectacle in the world dying, skeptic. You would skeptic, see skeptic, that, skeptic, and you would just go, huh, you know, <laughs> right? No, I would not just go, huh. <laughs> like that's interesting. It would be interesting, I wouldn't be surprised if it did happen, really, I mean. Not, can we not? Well, he's the one that's foreshadowing not? it. He's the one talking about how he needs Secret Service and they won't give it to him. And then, you know, that even, I don't think uh, he's foreshadowing it. I think he's just making the point that, like, they have taken Secret Service seriously for presidential candidates up until me. Yeah, well, I mean, Sirhan Sirhan took out his dad. That was kind of a weird deal. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they already have somebody MK Ultra right now ready to go on standby to take this man out. What so, if it's Alex Stein and doesn't That's what even I'm saying. Know. What if it was me? He doesn't even know. Maybe it was so, me. Am I under? Am I under? Anyway. Control of the FBI? We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. <laughs> it's Friday. We'll be mm-hmm. back with more. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Patriot Mobile. So, Patriot Mobile is there for those of you who um, you for some reason or another, you're still with these big mobile companies, which maybe you don't think about it, but they are actually taking a portion of your money and they're donating it to left-leaning causes. Oh, like for instance, T-Mobile, who Alex and I went to the Pride Parade. I was undercover. Alex was just having a good time. (laughs) And uh, T-Mobile was over there with their rainbow logo. They had the trans flags. They were giving away like uh, gay pride tattoos. I mean, these are the types of things that you are funding if you are still with big mobile. That's why you need to switch to Patriot Mobile. They're America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They've got the same nationwide. Everyone shares the networks. Okay, I think there's some like uh, common myths about, you know, people are mistaken about how cell phone coverage works. They're all sharing the same towers. You're going to get the same coverage. You can take your number over there, so you can keep your number if you want, or you can get a new one. Whatever you want. They've got phones, or you can keep your phone. Okay, so just make sure that you go visit them. They're going to actually take a portion of your bill and donate it to causes that you are fighting for. They've got 100% U.S.-based customer service. They make switching very easy. You can go to patriotmobile.com slash news. Get free activation with the offer code news. That is patriotmobile.com slash news.
Right, breaking news here as of the time of this taping. So Carly Russell, of course, the 26-year-old nursing student from Alabama who uh, recently confessed to faking her own abduction, has now been hit with misdemeanor charges for false reporting to law enforcement and falsely reporting an incident after she disappeared last month. So just, John, I don't even know if John knows about this story. You, what, do you know anything about this story? No, and I'll tell you, as someone who usually has their ear quite close to black America, I am surprised that this one did not get on my radar. I am too. So she called 911. She said, um, I, there's a toddler driving in the middle of the, of the road or walking in the, not driving, that would be even weirder, <laughs> walking uh, you know, on the side of the highway and I don't know what to do. And so um, later they found her car on the side of the road, there was no toddler. Surveillance footage showed no toddler, and she was missing. And then came home two days later with this story about how um, there was a man with orange hair who had held her against her will and kidnapped a white man, of course, who had held her against her will and kidnapped her. And um, police had found her phone, which she stupidly left in her car, and had noticed that she had searches in her phone's history that included uh, the movie Taken. From with Liam Neeson. Um, what else was there? It was like... Uh, Gone Girl, I think, was on there. Was it? I think so. There the was movie ha- with Ben Affleck. Oh, 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 Gone Girl. Yeah. Um, I don't remember that one being on there, but she did ask, do you have to pay for an Amber Alert? Oh, yeah, she did, yeah, she did search. And so she was, like, clearly searching terms that indicated that she wanted to fake her own abduction. Came home initially with this weird story, and then realized I think she was not going to get out of this one. So her attorney later uh, confirmed to police in a press conference that she did, in fact, just make everything up. What was the purpose? Was she just bored? Or what, like, what was she trying to achieve by faking her kidnapping? So that has not yet been clarified, but my personal opinion is that we are living in a society that is so narcissistic that she just wanted attention. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's true. I think there were some tweets that she tweeted previously, like right before she disappeared, that were like, everybody wants to be wanted. So I'm sure she was just like, she, she got in a fight with some guy that she liked and was like, oh, well, he'll really miss me when I'm gone. That's just my personal. Yeah, and if you can construct a story that can stick of you as a woman of color being kidnapped by a man with orange hair, presumably a white man, I mean, you get a media circuit, a book tour. I mean, like anything, you'll immediately like become a celebrity for as long as the narrative needs you. I actually wish it was a felony. I don't like it that it's just a misdemeanor. Yeah, she needs to like be in prison forever. Probably. I mean, I, w- I think that to, might be a little a little hard. But it has to be because we've been enabling this for so long. You need to like just overcorrect and just let people know we're not going to like let you keep faking these hate crimes, faking these crimes just to get attention, just to like construct some narrative that's going to harm our social fabric. She needs to be made an example. Well, of. this one in particular, because there were two days where police dedicated resources to searching for her. They had $63,000 donated to Crime Stoppers to try to help find her. I mean, there, there were resources that were allocated to finding her that were taken away, presumably, from other um, actual emergencies. That is a serious thing. Well, let me tell you why that's a good thing because now those cops are busy doing that and not giving people tickets. So thank you, Carly Russell. I appreciate that. And honestly, guys, everybody gets one time to run away. She probably never ran away as a kid and learned the story about the boy who cried wolf. She cried wolf. We found out. I think we deserve to give her not only a break, but we should probably put her on the same social hierarchy of George Floyd because she's an iconic figure in the community to me. And I appreciate everything you did, Carly, and I got your back. And if you go to jail, I'll be writing you letters. Team Carly. Moving on. 
Um, there was a House hearing yesterday on the dangers of gender transi transition surgery. Say that three times fast. And uh, Chloe Cole, a uh, recent guest of the program, she is a 19-year-old detransitioner. Um, she had a moment where she uh, had to compose herself speaking to the mother of a transgender child. Um, and I want to play some of that. Watch. If I may ask... Um would I be able to address um, another witness? Um, through the chair, you may. So you may okay. speak to me and reference uh, any other testimony you wish to. Okay. Well, um, Mrs. Reynolds. And you can you can direct it to me and say that the what Ms. Reynolds talked about you want to respond to, and go ahead. Well, I I, I understood that um, Mrs. Reynolds is scared for her child, and I just want to set the record straight that I don't hate her. I don't think anybody in this room hates her. Um, in fact, I, I see my own mother and my own father in her, and that she, clearly she dearly loves her child, and she's doing the best with what she's been given. And unfortunately, it's not much. And for that, I'm sorry. I mean, I think every parent deserves the most, the utmost grace and guidance with how to help their child. That being said, I don't wish for her child to have the same result as I did. I don't wish for anybody to regret transition or to detransition because it's incredibly difficult. It comes with its own difficulties and it's not easy. And I hope that her child gets to have a happy and fulfilling adulthood, however that may look like. So a touching moment there from Chloe, who, uh, God bless her, had to grow, grow up much too quickly, in my opinion. Now, Chloe's story is one that she says that her parents uh, were basically looking to the doctors for their expertise. They didn't necessarily, they weren't, they weren't the parent who post TikTok videos trying to rush their child into uh, some sort of a gender transition and they're pushing it on them. Chloe was the one who discovered it through social media. The parents were receptive enough to go to, you know, therapy meetings, doctors meetings where the doctors then told uh, her parents behind closed doors, she's going to kill herself if you do not allow her to transition. And the parents were like, well, we'd rather have an alive son than a dead daughter. And so they did it. And I do think that it, I mean, I place ultimately in cases like that, I place ultimately more responsibility on the doctors than I do on the parents because who else are they supposed to talk to than the experts who are supposed to tell them the truth? Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And you know, there is something to be said like, as a parent, if anyone's telling you that, you should have some sort of instinct that kicks in that says, well, that's obviously not yeah, true. However, you have to understand like the, the country we're living in right now. I mean, people have been so stripped of values and their instincts have been so eroded. Like, you really should be able to go to a doctor and not have them like pressure you through the support of like the entire you know media apparatus that like if your child doesn't go through these surgeries or you know, hormones or what have you, then they're going to commit suicide. Um, and that's always the saying to, you know, I'd rather have an alive son than a dead daughter. It's like, well, it's not a son. I mean, it's not. Um, and like something needs to be done about that whole like therapy, medical, I don't even know what you would call it, but even I saw uh, in Michigan, 
Gretchen Whitmer mm-hmm. just banned like conversion, conversion therapy. therapy. Mm-hmm. Do you know what conversion therapy is? Mm-hmm. Conversion yeah. therapy is when you're like, wait a minute, I'm having weird urges to have a man like do things to me. I think I want to go talk to somebody about that. And they say that that's like this evil draconian practice. It's like, no, this is like antisocial, self-destructive behavior. You should be able to like explore ways that you can maybe not partake in that, whether it's homosexuality, transsexuality, but we're being told, no, if you don't allow people to just do whatever they want all the time, they're going to kill themselves. And it's like, okay, well, look where that gets Well, and, and what is uh, gender transition surgery, if not conversion therapy at its fullest extent? No, and these are the same people that say that, you know, uh, people that are pro-life are basically demonic. Literally, people that want to help people have babies are demonic. So that's how screwed up it is. You know, conversion therapy. Demon is, expert Alex Stein. Well, hey, then I can speak on it. Yeah, you know, conversion therapy is worse than actual mastectomy for a 14-year-old. But to your point, I would I would say that probably the majority, maybe 60, 40 of these parents are just trying to do what's best for their kid and they're listening to the doctor. But really, from our experience going to these drag your kids to, to pride events, I think a lot of this responsibility are on parents that want to transition their kids. Oh, I agree. So it's, it's just it's kind like of... malicious sometimes. Yeah, that's, so it's this weird thing where it's like... The parents really should take the whole brunt of the responsibility, but not all of the parents are bad. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think there's a, a big difference in the, the mentally ill mothers who are like, uh, there's a video, go check it out on my Instagram um, if you haven't seen it, but it's this demonic looking woman who is asking her toddler, who's like, cannot even speak coherently, uh, are you a boy or are you a girl? Are you and of course he's just repeating what she's saying and then she and then she says or are you both and he says both and she's like oh well that's okay you can be both that is like death penalty yeah, that's well, what I believe in what makes me so mad Charlize Theron adopted two African American children two boys that are now identifying as girls mathematically that's impossible to have two separate boys that are both trans I mean it's just impossible yeah. I, I don't mathematically I'm not a mathematician but. In this world we live in, not both of the kids you adopted are both non-binary or trans. So it's these parents that are not just letting it happen, let it happen, but they're facilitating it. Yeah. Um, so I want to I want to play a, a clip for you. Speaking of that, uh, CNN documented this. This is like it's supposed to be some sob story. This is a family of four who were like, we had to flee Florida to protect our trans child. Watch. We just thought it would be a nice, warm place to live where we could get to beaches. Yeah. I just never thought that I would have to flee a state for the good of my children. (laughs) The SB 254, uh, this will permanent outlaw the mutilation of minors. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. I remember Tori coming to me one time and in tears, which she doesn't normally do. And I asked her what was wrong and she said DeSantis. And like the (laughs) fact that a governor would be making my kid cry, that's a messed up government. Wow. We're absolutely moving because of the political climate and the laws in Florida. We didn't want to move. When the Florida Board of Medicine started meeting and we realized that they were going to ban gender-affirming care for our kids, that we might need to leave because that is life-saving, essential medicine and mm. treatment for our daughter. Mm. Mm. Well, Tori, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. 
<laughs> we'll see you never. Yeah. Um. You're literally like ugly. Like, <laughs> you know, we really need to be doing things like this. Conservatives, like, because we're too smart and selfless, we hear things like, why would I want to do that? You know, for example, like banning marijuana. Most conservatives probably don't really care, but you have to care because you understand if you make your state more conservative, it yeah. makes people like that go away. No, it's true. Yeah. So, it's yeah, true. I don't really care if someone's like smoking pot or whatever, but I have to want to ban it because then those types of people go away and they don't come to my state. That's fair, which I heard. Uh, I know we got to go to break because I have our director in my ear rushing me. But um, I, I did hear a rumor that Ron DeSantis had been, you know, he was like, I want to make all of these laws on the books so that all of the blue people move out. Yeah. Which is ultimately, I think, amazing. Um, all right, let's go ahead and uh, we're taking a break, Control. <laughs> we'll be back with more. We want to thank our sponsor, ExpressVPN. So uh, profiling, surveillance, data harvesting, there are a lot of things not to like about tech giants, but what can you do about it when you rely on so many of their products? You may think that, well, there's nothing I can do. They're just going to take my data. They're going to sell it anyway. But for less than $7 per month, you can fight back against big tech by using ExpressVPN. So, uh, you know, the way that ExpressVPN works, and I use it on all my devices. You can use it on your laptop, your, uh, what is this called? Uh, thank you, tablet. You can use it on your smart TVs. It's available for all of these things. And it helps anonymize a bunch of your online presence by hiding your IP address. It's a unique identifier that every device has that will allow big tech to match your activity back to you. So when you put ExpressVPN on your devices, it makes it much more difficult for them to not only track you, but then profit off of your data. Okay, I highly, ex I highly suggest that you go to expressvpn.com slash Y. Over there, you can sign up for uh, an annual subscription and you will get three months for free. Protect your online privacy, you guys. Go to expressvpn.com slash Y. Temple University in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania will host the first ever FATCON this is a fat-focused convention in October 2023. So all you fatties, gear up. Uh, this says that it's going to help fat people navigate the fat-phobic world and society in a different way, uh, going beyond buzzwords like body positivity and body neutrality. Activities at the convention will include fat-centric fitness classes like curves in stilettos and twerklesque. So like burlesque, but twerking, celebrating true self-expression and body acceptance. And uh, they'll discuss topics, riveting topics such as fat fashion, social media influencing and how to navigate fat phobia in society. And don't worry, they will top it off with listening and hearing from a fat sex therapist. <laughs> I'm Both of you guys are like. Do you want to take this one first, well, or do you want me to? I just want to say being fat is a bipartisan issue, so I'm going to be at this festival with all my BBWs talking to the conservative fat women and the liberal fat women, and I'm going to be there for you. And uh, it's not because I'm a chubby chaser. I have some sort of weird fetish for you, which I do, but I'm just there <laughs> to get some hard-hitting journalism about fat acceptance. So I can't wait to see you ladies soon. I want to be clear here, and John, I want to get your thoughts, but I want to be clear here. It is one thing to struggle with your weight, and I obviously, you guys know my history, I obviously can relate to that. I lost 100 pounds, I was a fatty. Um, but to celebrate it and glorify obesity in the way that this country has done is so dangerous and disgusting to me. Yep. 
No, I totally agree. I, I sort of take the opposite approach, which is why I'm excited to attend with Alex. Um, <laughs> he might have like a fetish for it, meaning like some sort of like bizarre interest in particular. I have like a bizarre hatred of like fat people in particular, which I think is because That's, I myself, I, just... I have done my tour of service being chubby. This is like the uh, the decade anniversary, you know, when I was 12, 13. And I get it, you know, you're a husky little. It's like when you're 12, it doesn't even yeah, count. Yeah, that doesn't count, but no, yeah. But it, it didn't hurt any less. <laughs> it didn't hurt any less, Sarah, when people, my buddies would make fun of me the point being like i get it you know it's tough especially nowadays with the types of food the the fast food culture like if you have a weight problem and you understand that and you're working towards it like godspeed no one's going to judge you however like sarah said if you're going to try to celebrate and normalize that type of lifestyle i'm going to show up and tell you that you have made your body a monument to ugliness and i just want to like see what happens basically i wonder if i will be shamed for not being sufficiently fat at fat con will mm. i be called a fake fan well, people ask me, like, oh, what are your top three fast food places? Like, if you go to, like, you know, like a anime convention, you right. don't even watch anime. And they're not, yeah, they're going to they're gonna root you out. What if I wear a fat suit and see if anyone can tell the difference? That mm, would be That would be good. That would be interesting. Well, as a person that struggles with his weight, it goes up and down. I understand that a lot of these women probably do have, you know, issues. But by glorifying this, you know, your health is wealth. And it's kind of sad that we're just raising young girls that are being encouraged to be fat so that they can go to these type of events and maybe play a victim or I guess just find like-minded people that are fat. So yeah, in the overall scheme of things, this is probably bad for society, but for me, finding a girlfriend, this is great, so. I mean, if you look at, you know, they have those pictures of like the 1950s at the beach. Yeah. And then now, and it's like all, everyone was, you know, fit and healthy and active, and now we're just producing a generation of lazy fat people yeah. who, mm-hmm. who have absolutely no incentive and no motivation to better themselves, which like we used to say, you know, uh, being motivated to better yourself is like really the true way to empowerment. Now they're like, no, just celebrate being fat and then you will be empowered. And you look at what they were eating in the 50s, like steak, butter, yeah cigarettes, you know, just all the stuff that we're not supposed to be eating now. And, you know, they've tried to find a villain, whether it's, you know, carbs or fat or whatever. It really is just the content of the food. I mean, in this country, you have to pay more money to obtain food that has, like, fewer ingredients. It's true. Makes sense. Like, if you want just actual food, you have to pay. So I have to pay extra it, at, the, at the restaurant to get a salad that's literally just, like, lettuce. Yeah. Uh, it's A lot of it is your body not understanding how to process the crap that it, it is ingesting, and it, like, causes inflammation in your cells. Like, mutate. Mm-hmm. that's why everyone has cancer. That's why we're so sick. You know, this wasn't a problem. You know, it was existing, but not nearly in the, the, the degree that it does now, largely because of what we're eating. So how much of this... Go ahead, Alex. Well, I want to make this point because I actually think it's a mental health issue. Um, America is a first-world country, obviously, but yet we have the lowest life expectancy. And so a lot of people use food as a medication, as a way to medicate their pain. So we have a country where everybody's depressed or is on some sort of antidepressant, and antidepressants cause people to eat more. So I think it's even a mental health issue that's causing people to be fat. Well, so, but how much of this... Because, John, you brought up a great point about the ingredients that are in our foods now. So how much of this do you put on the federal government for allowing all of these different chemicals and, yeah. and disgusting ingredients that, are, by the way, are banned in Europe, yeah. Yeah. but they allow them into our food? Like all of it. And, you know, we are so rich 
we could very easily subsidize good things and you know make bad things go away, uh, but we don't. We like subsidize bad things and we make our country like fat and disgusting and unhealthy. And that trans, I mean, your health is everything. It literally impacts how you view the world, your temperament, your behavior. Um, and you know maybe you can get by living in a relatively unhealthy way, but it's certainly not your ceiling. It's certainly not the best you could be. And it definitely translates into our politics, especially too because like all of leftist politics and everything is just driven from a place of resentment. I mean, these people hate beauty, they hate good, and if they have made themselves unexceptional and grotesque, like, obviously they're going to resent things that are pretty and nice and, like, wholesome. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, they make you sick and dependent on the government and obese, and then they're like, a pandemic strikes, and they're like, don't worry, trust us, we're the experts. Suffocate yourself in a mask. Well, the Hispanic community in Venezuela, you know, they have to run up here because, you know, life is so bad, yet the diabetes levels in Hispanic community is terrible in America. So I guess just we have a fat society that's making us all fat. And then you get to go to FatCon and just celebrate with all the other fatties. So I don't know if this problem's ever going to get better. Well, I look forward to uh, both of your content from FatCon 2023. Mine will be on YouTube. Uh, yours on Mine, only, only fans? fans yes. Yeah. <laughs> 5.99 subscription. It'll be 50% off when it comes out. All right. Well, be right back. <laughs> South Carolina Congresswoman Nancy Mace uh, raised some eyebrows yesterday during a prayer breakfast hosted by GOP presidential candidate Tim Scott. Now, she was uh, surrounded by people such as Senator Lindsey Graham, Congressman Russell Fry, and pastors from the area, and she thought that it would be a very good idea to uh, start her, uh, her speech with this, watch. Another year, another standing room only event. And when I woke up this morning at seven, I, I was getting picked up at 7.45. Patrick, my fiance, tried to pull me by my waist over this morning in bed. And I was like, no, baby, we don't got time for that this morning. Uh, I got to get to the prayer breakfast and I got to be on time and a little TMI. But um, I, you know, he can wait. He's got, we got, I'll see him later tonight. Um, but I was here early. Wow. Wow. You guys are lucky that I'm on time because uh, my fiance wanted to f me, but I said, no, honey, don't worry. I'll f you later tonight. I don't. Did I say something? Yeah. Was that a bad word? Yeah, you said it. You said the F word. That's, did I? You're not supposed to say that's, that. That's, a, that's basically what she just told those people. Yeah. A room full of pastors. And you're like, hey. Glad I could make it on time. Uh, my uh, fiance, who I'm not married to, wanted to fornicate, but you guys were more important. The real thing here, too, is like, you can tell she's nervous. I doubt that she planned to say this and thought it would be funny. I think she was just trying to think of like, oh, how do I start the speech? And for some reason, women always think that like the way to be funny is to talk about them having sex. Like every mm -hmm. female comic, her here thinks it's so funny. It's like, get it? Because we're not supposed to talk about that, but I'm going to anyways. And everyone's just like, uh. she's like on a little TMI. And then she like talks about it too. Also, she's been married like two or three other times. Like this is really? not even her. So, you know, the traditional biblical understanding of marriage is like, you know, I don't know. It's like no matter married or not, in her circumstance, like you're still technically married to your first husband. So, uh, yeah, it was a little uncomfortable. Well, Nancy, would there is actually a biblical reason for divorce. But listen, I'm just going to say this, and there is biblical reason for divorce if I was married to you. But what I'm, my point is, 
listen, she was trying to make herself look good by saying that she turned down sex, but she just didn't read the room by saying even that statement. It makes her look, you know, a little repugnant to that crowd. Makes her fiance look bad too. Well, to me, it, it makes her kind of look cool. But this is the other thing: is Charlie Kirk said this, and I agree with him, is that he said every politician that he meets in D.C. is basically, you know, a scumbag. He said it's like one to one, good to bad, and I agree. And I'm friends with some of these politicians, but they're just like everyday people that somehow get lucky or you know win an election. They're not any different between you and me. So it's like idolizing a politician is like thinking the stripper actually likes you. No, no, no politician likes you. No stripper likes you. And she's probably just a normal woman that likes to get laid. There's also this impulse too with her, and you see this with women whenever they have some sort of platform, whether it's a microphone or a social media account, to like frame it as just like, oh, my like stupid fiance wants me so bad, but I said, no, I have something important to Prayer do, like breakfast. a professional woman, and I'm <laughs> yeah. so, if I were engaged her, I would literally at that moment, I would have stood up and broke it off. No, I did think that it made him <laughs> yeah. look bad. Yeah, it, made, I did. it was embarrassing for him. And you it should have walked up there and, and yeah. Sean Connery or something. <laughs> I don't know about that, but yeah, he did look emasculated. So this will be her third marriage, because she. this is saying that she has been divorced twice. Um, but I want to go back to the comment that you made, John. I bet you do. <laughs> Look, I'm a Catholic. We don't believe in divorce. We believe in separation. But, you know, for divorce to happen, there has to be some uh, circumstance that was discovered after the sacrament was performed that would make it invalid. Something like, you know, concealed knowledge of a prior marriage, inability to have children, some sort of like mental illness, something like that. Um, but if it is valid at the time of its performance and it is valid like eternally. I think mental illness is a catch-all then. then. Because when you marry somebody, they get mentally ill later that you didn't know about. Yeah, I I suppose. Actually, that does happen. Yeah, it really does. Um, (laughs) But biblically... There is there is an exception for divorce. I just want to like sure like what what, would what that is be? the biblical exception now that we're having Bible study? What is it? I don't infidelity. know. I, oh, infidelity. Oh. I don't even know if that's true. It honestly. is true. It is true. It is true. The way you're saying it, with the trepidation you're saying it, it makes it true now. I just I just don't know if that's true. Um, I think that there's a lot of you know maybe. So more a husband can just attitudes. cheat on his wife and then. The, I don't think it's good, certainly, but I don't think that that's grounds for divorce. Um, because really? when I say divorce, I don't mean in a legal sense, like a civic sense. I mean like in a spiritual sense. I don't think it's possible to divorce in a spiritual sense. Unless, oh, trust me. Yeah. It is. <laughs> I'm not even trying to hate. I'm just, I'm just, it's just kind of funny perspective. Yeah, I mean, it's the church teaching. Even if you get cheated on, we're staying. They did know that. Okay, we'll save this for a different. I think that was even if if the or if the wife cheats on the husband the, with the scripture. I believe you're referencing. I think that was maybe what is talked spoken about, but I don't even know if that's true. I think mm-hmm. an infidelity in general. I don't think that's grounds for divorce in the Bible. Well, we'll save this for uh, another podcast. We'll, our, we'll do a special uh, behind the paywall. Yeah, we'll need our uh, our resident. Uh, theologian to come in and, and speak about this. Who is our resident theologian? I don't know. Maybe Alex Stein. Well, Jimmy, oh, Jimmy has a, a religion degree, my producer, so he can probably give you. Okay. He can give you some Bible history. Okay, it's going to be moderated by. It's going to be me and John debate, yes. and it's going to be moderated by Jimmy. Okay. By yeah. JVT. From from Princeton, he has a religion degree. So interesting. That is so weird. I didn't know that about him. Especially All right. Too because he ends up. Producing the rituals on the outside. <laughs> yeah, well, he yeah. wasn't here for last night's he's, episode, so that's okay. another thing. He, but that he's not—he's definitely not using his religious degree in anything he does on your show. <laughs> uh, <nah. laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back.
Well, I don't know if you guys have heard, but um, we are actually, we're in big trouble because uh, global warming has escalated tremendously, according to the UN. Watch. And for scientists, it is unequivocal. Humans are to blame. All this is entirely consistent with predictions and repeated warnings. The only surprise is the speed of the change. Climate change is here, it is terrifying, and it is just the beginning. The era of global warming has ended, the era, the era of global boiling has arrived. Oh, no. The air is unbreathable, the heat is unbearable, oh, my God. and the level of fossil fuel profits and climate inaction is unacceptable. <laughs> wow. Leaders must live. Well, what a way to go, guys. We're going to boil to death. How do you feel about that? Good, honestly, like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I would boil to death for cheaper gas. I don't care. We need to be drilling. We need to use this freaking earth up as much as possible. Yeah, these. if they're so worried about climate change, why does Bill Gates, Barack Obama, and, and Oprah, why do they all buy houses right in the ocean? They know that it's all a scam. And why, why doesn't the real estate just totally die in the places on the beach? It's just only going up every year, climate mm -hmm. change. Oh, well, and you know that they believe the crap that they spew when they're they're the ones who are buying up these mansions on the beach. Yes, yes I'm so sure they'd make that type of real estate decision. Did they right. know Dear Sarah? No, we didn't do it today. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.